Let us pray. Holy God, our hope and our strength, by the power of your Spirit, prepare the way in our hearts for the coming of your word, so that we may see the glorious signs of your promise fulfilled. We pray through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The first scripture reading is from the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah, chapter 64, reading verses 1 to 9. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down. The mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you, who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. But you were angry, and we sinned, because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of iniquity. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider, we are all your people. From the Old Testament, reading responsibly from the book of Psalms, Psalm 80, selected verses, and it will appear on your screen. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, Ephraim, and Benjamin, and Manasseh. Stir up your might and come to save us. Restore us, O God. Let your face shine that we may be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long will you be angry with your people's prayers? You have fed them with the bread of tears and given them tears to drink in full measure. You make us the scorn of our neighbors. Our enemies laugh among themselves. Restore us, O God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. But let your hand be upon the one at your right hand, the one whom you made strong for yourself. Then we will never turn back from you. Give us life and we will carry on in your name. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. And reading from the New Testament, the uh, book of Corinthians, Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 1, reading verses 3 to 9. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. 
For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And from the book of Mark, the Gospels, Mark chapter 13, verses 24 to 37. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God for his word to us. Friends in Christ, what I say to you this morning is proclaimed in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When we were looking at properties last year, one of the features that we liked about the property that eventually became our home was that the backyard was not fenced in on one side. I know, I, I know what you're thinking. Good fences make good neighbors. And there's, there's an element of truth to that old wise tale. But that piece of advice, I think, comes from the day when we had white picket fences that were about this high. Not the fences that we have today. Great, hulking monoliths, eight feet high, that isolate your property and insulate you so that it is as if nothing exists beyond the fence. As the weather improved in the spring, we started to move around in the yard, and it was those neighbors, the ones who were not walled off from us, the ones in the yard without the fence that we got to know. It's a thing that bugs me a lot, you know, but after living in our house for a year, we don't know most of our neighbors on our street. COVID has meant that you don't get out and shake hands with people and meet people. You kind of stay locked away. 
Um, and But it was those neighbors, the ones who were not walled off from us, that we got to know. Sometimes, I think, our fences give us a sense of security. Walled off behind our fences, it's easy to think we are safe, that nothing and no one will be able to touch us. But then something breaks in from over the garden wall. As we meet Polly this morning and the, the magician's nephew, her solitude from the other side of the, of the garden wall is broken by the appearance of a boy named Diggory. And the innocence of her youth is shattered by Diggory's pain. We discover that Diggory's mother is gravely ill. And while Diggory runs and explores like a normal child throughout the story, he cannot escape that sorrow of being cut off from his parents and the fear for the death of his mother. We understand Diggory's story all too well. Regardless of the fences that we build to keep others out or to keep ourselves within, illness and sorrow, fear and death are all too frequently the ones who sneak over or under the fence. The common theme in our scripture readings for this morning is indeed this suffering of life. The sorrow and the disappointment, the injustice and the oppression that are all around us and often we are powerless to address them. We know that a better life exists, a better world, and it lies out there somewhere beyond the fence. And in our deepest despair, we want to turn to God. And we know that God hears our prayer. Tear open the heavens and come down. Shake the earth and shake us up. That is what the prophet Isaiah cries out to God on behalf of the people from the reading that we have just heard this morning. It, the reading recounts the many, many ways that God has intervened in the lives of the children of God in the past when they have felt that they have been isolated and oppressed and alone. And it speaks of the confidence they have that as God has heard their cry in the past, God will hear their cry again. It is an affirmation that when we are powerless, God remains powerful. That was the hope that sustained the children of God through the period of the exile, that historical reality into which Isaiah speaks. But it's also the hope that led the children of God to believe in the coming of one who they would call the Messiah and which continues to live on in us. As we seek to deal with the sorrow and the sadness, the cruelty and injustice of the world today, our longing is that the kingdom of God will come. Our hope is that the kingdom of God will come. As Jesus was facing his arrest 
and crucifixion, he turns to his disciples and said these words. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give light. The stars and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. The hope that the Matthew reading, or sorry, the Mark reading for this morning speaks of is that our faith rests not in what we can see now. The suffering that we experience in this world is not the end. That there lies beyond this life hope. That the kingdom of God will break in. That the Son of Man will come in glory and that we will be saved. Advent is our time of waiting. Waiting in a world, in the world all around us, it is waiting for Christmas and the celebration of the birth of Jesus. But more than just that, Advent is our time of waiting as we anticipate God breaking down the barriers that separate us from each other and that separate us from God. Tear open the heavens and come down. During the dark days of apartheid in South Africa, the uh, a Dutch Reformed pastor by the name of Alan Bosak wrote a piece that he entitled Advent Credo. It is an articulation of what we see around us, what we know, that the suffering and the oppression of this world is not the end. Bosak wrote, It is not true that creation and the human family are doomed to destruction and loss. This is true. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It is not true that we must accept in humanity and discrimination, hunger and poverty, death and destruction. This is true. I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. It is not true that violence and hatred should have the last word and that war and destruction rule forever. This is true. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will rest upon his shoulders. He will be called the Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It is not true that we are simply victims of the powers of evil that seek to rule this world. This is true. To me is given authority in heaven and on earth. And lo, I am with you to the end of the age. It is not true that we have to wait for those who are specially gifted, who are the prophets of the church, before we can become peacemakers. This is true. 
I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall see dreams. It is not true that our hopes for liberation of humankind, of justice, of human dignity, of peace, are not meant for this earth and for this history. This is true. The hour comes and it is now that the true worshipers shall worship God in spirit and truth. So let us enter Advent in hope, even hope against hope. Let us see visions of love and peace and justice. Let us affirm with humility, with joy, with faith, with courage, Jesus Christ the life of the world. As we come to the table before us, we affirm our truth that what surrounds us is not the end. That Jesus Christ is the life of the world and that Christ invites us to take part in the feast of the kingdom of God that he has prepared for us that we too might have life that is abundant and free. Thanks be to God. Amen.